Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. This is the body of Christ Church. And welcome to Hendrick is the key. Is the key. Basically, these guys propose that slavery has been a blessing for the black man. 
And, you know, you have a few others of that, uh, you know, that same area that proposed the whole same thing. It's like, hey, you know, this slavery, y'all, have a, y'all should be glad to be here. You know, there's been numerous articles about it, and uh, apparently he's not the only one that's sharing in this view. So what we're going to do here this evening is try to answer the question of whether or not slavery was a blessing or a curse according to the Holy Bible, because that's what some people are proposing. So here, let me read a little uh, article here or an excerpt from his uh, book. And this is, y'all just bear with me because this is kind of crazy. Because I wanted, the thing is, is that I wanted to make sure that we read this in its context, okay? I want to make sure we read things in context because a lot of times the media, so-called, they have a, a, a way of, you know, taking things out of context and blowing it up and saying, hey, you know, just, just to get people to jump off of emotions and stuff, so. I'm going to go ahead and read this excerpt so we can kind of get an idea of what, it, what he's actually talking about. And it says, For those of us who claim to be Christians, we have come to learn that when God bestows a blessing upon us, he often will also present us with a challenge to go along with that blessing. And sometimes that challenge is an almost insurmountable one. For Moses and the children of Israel, it was 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. For those cast off and indentured servants from other lands, who were to make up the core of what would become the United States of America, it was to follow a dream that had never before been successfully accomplished. And for our brothers and sisters of the black race, as hard as it may be to understand and appreciate, slavery just might have been a blessing in disguise, as well as the most difficult challenge ever. Maybe, just maybe, God had a plan for what he allowed to happen. In the formative years of his great country, excuse me, in the formative years of this great country, there were many immigrants who made their way to this wonderful land, and many of them would soon realize their dreams and many of their sorrows here. But the prevailing feelings of that time allowed very few members of the black race from Africa or anywhere else to immigrate here or to assimilate themselves into that American society. Now, here is where the excerpt comes from that, you know, the newspapers and everybody else is just circling around like vultures. The institution of slavery that the black race has long believed to be an abomination upon its people may actually have been a blessing in disguise. Mm, okay, let's read on. The blacks who could endure those conditions and circumstances would someday be rewarded with citizenship in the greatest nation ever established upon the face of this earth. Often we just don't understand God's grand scheme of things, but if we believe that God does indeed test us at times, we just might begin to understand why he did things as he did them. It just might be that he knew that the black race was indeed a strong and courageous people who could endure an existence in the strange land into which they were about to be placed, and that they would one day reap the reward handed down to them by their brave ancestors, that of being an American. <laughs> so that is a brave and bold statement to make. And I'm checking my hotline here. Hold on one second, y'all. Let me see if this is my caller here. All right, Mom, 716 you're live on the Body of Christ Radio Network. Hey, this is uh, Kakonga Bar calling in. What's hey, Christ what's Christ going on? What's going on? All right, I'm here. Uh, hopefully this is a profit, uh, profitable show, and our people get edified based on what they say to the Lord. 
Yeah, yeah. Did you uh, get a chance to hear me read the uh, the excerpt from the um, from the letter that this uh, this guy sent? I, I keep calling him this guy, but I mean, <laughs> after some of these comments, a lot of people probably have more colorful names for him. <laughs> but oh. um, yeah, I did. I, 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 yeah, I, I got a chance to hear you read the whole thing. Okay. Yeah, you know, I mean, so just looking at this, it, it kind of makes me wonder because. It's like, okay, this guy's statement saying that the slavery that the blacks endured was possibly a blessing, and it's dressed up around the whole thing of not really understanding God's plan and his intentions and the blessings that come through our trials and our tribulations and our hardships and all this other stuff. But you know what? I'm like, you know, this, this guy doesn't really understand what he, he's talking about, to be so pompous in, in, in that. But um, could come. I, I like to start off by giving you a whack at that. Do you think that slavery was a blessing, according to the Bible, as this uh, Republican, uh, you know, person is, is intending to come across that it's, it, that it is? You know, actually, before you answer that question, before you answer that question, here we go. The dialogue, Shalom. What's going on? Hey, Shalom, bro. Most high, Christ bless you. Join me for this show, and I, I, this show is very timely. You know why? I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> Kakam, do you know why this show is timely? You should know. I don't know. I think you need to use phone. But um, you got an old, you got an old man. It's October. October right. is Black History Month for the UK. Oh, that's oh, right. Wow. That's right. I so this, show, this show is very timely, so you didn't even know. But the Most High works in mysterious ways. So, so Godwin, did you uh, have a chance to hear the um, the uh, excerpt that the, this guy sent from his book? That I keep referring to. No, I, I was reading the excerpt. It was really crazy. <laughs> yeah, really crazy. What this guy is saying. And... Um, how she referring to Abraham and the children of Israel. Funny. It's very funny how this dude was referring to Abraham and, and the children of Moses and to the children of Abraham, the children of Israel. It makes me think about something that the Lord said to Abraham. That's why I keep saying Abraham. In Genesis 15, chapter 13, verse, I'm going to read this. And he said to Abram, this is before his name became Abraham, he says, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs. So he was given a comparison to the children of Israel and things they went through in Egypt. This was the children of Israel, and they they, they were in a land. They were strangers, and it wasn't theirs. Sound familiar? And shall Mm -hmm. serve and and they shall afflict them 400 years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward shall they come out with great substance. So the Mosai put the Israelites into the Egyptian bonded slavery captivity, and they served a hardcore bondage for a very long time. So it's the same thing in comparison this is speaking specifically about the the bondage that the Israelites went through in Egypt. 
But when you go to Deuteronomy 28, it's going to speak about a future slavery. And that future slavery is not a blessing when you go and read in Deuteronomy. But we're going to get to that. But it just shows when the Bible speaks about slavery and captivity, it's not a blessing. It's a punishment for right. the most. And it wasn't anything to laugh with. Oh, well, let bygones be bygones. And, you know, that's what everyone says. Oh, well, so you, you, you got something at the end. That's not what the Israelis are saying every year. They're still digging up dead Nazis and putting them on trial, saying we'll never, we'll forgive, but we'll never forget. They're still going assassinating old, uh, old Nazis. They can find them. They're putting them to death. But we are supposed to forget and say, oh, well, we got, we got a lollipop, so shut the hell up. Right. <laughs> you know what, though? Can I, can I just say something here about this whole article? And it's once again um, to show you that our people have to be understanding on what truly being spiritual in the, in the eyes of the Most High is all about. Because what ends up happening is they believe in the wisdom of the world, and the wisdom of the world captivates them even further. Because Absolutely. it's not it's not based on change now. And this guy writes an article. It reminds me of a thing from the boondocks when Uncle Rucker said that we need to praise the white man because he civilized us and took us out the jungle. That was a character on boondocks saying that, but this guy is sort of saying the same thing. And I want to read this about why it's imperative that we understand what the spiritual, or excuse me, we need to understand that we need to be spiritual and understand what that spirit is based on the scriptures. This is why this is so important. First Corinthians 3 and 19, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. What is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness, and again the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, they are vain. So what are you doing? What do you got? I don't even know who this guy was, some professor or somebody with an opinion. And he just came up with something out of the deep recesses of his ignorant, weak, foolish, wicked mind and wrote something, and I guarantee you a lot of people are looking at it going, oh, you know, he's got a point that blacks should be more happy or, or, you know, people that was enslaved. This is more uh, wisdom from Satan to keep the people that need to turn to the Lord blinded and bogged down in misery and foolishness. Mm. That's this. Go yeah, actually, uh, this this the man that we're speaking of is Arkansas State Representative. Um, oh gosh, I just forgot his name just that quick. <laughs> but uh, his name is uh, John. Um, I get it. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter because I mean it, it, it. A lot apparently there are a lot of people that that you know feel this you know the same way you mm-hmm. know about. You know that hey y'all, you like are lucky that you got something, and you, you you should be happy that you're here and not over in some grass huts over there in, in Africa. And look at the conditions that they're over there in now. Sure. And, sure. And yeah. Like, yeah, after after colonial, uh, colonialization, <laughs> you know, but we're not that's that's what we're not dealing we're not dealing with that. The, right. So the question just going to the point, you know, and the dialogue you you know you answered it, but I, I still I still I still think we got some stuff to deal with on this. As far as going into, you know, dealing with the actual thing of slavery, 
And how can people fix their mouth to say that it was a blessing because we got citizenship? You know, because if, if you look at it, I'm sorry, go ahead. Up. No, I mean, I mean, I just wanted to make this thing about that spiritual connection. And it's what's lacking is because when you look at us as a people, the scriptures refer to it in Hebrews, the third chapter and the ninth, fourth chapter, as us entering into arrest. Citizenship in a country that does not want you, that thinks that you are a problem, is not rest. That's the point. Remember back in the day, there were uh, measured efforts from the people that the powers that be in this country to send so-called all so-called black people back to Africa. Mm-hmm. That wasn't too long ago. And then when they, that didn't succeed, they came up with abortion clinics and uh, birth control, basically genocide, which still goes on today because people are simple as hell and they really don't understand what Planned Parenthood is and where it comes from. These are all the things that were done to us in this country and continues to be done this very day. How do you have a whole class of people that's willingly committing genocide on themselves? It's because the hatred that they nourish themselves on for themselves because they don't really know who they are. Why you got a place like New York City, and you can Google it, 51% so-called black people. We're not adding in the Hispanics, the Native Americans, and Israelites scattered all over that come to this country. We can just deal with so-called black people. 51% are born, and not even born. Now, do the math. Now, let's not be that simple. That's a majority of children not being born because of what? We've been destroyed. It's not a blessing. That's a that's a distinct curse. The curse that that is is in Deuteronomy 28 chapter, how the tender and delicate woman and man will have what? Hatred and wax cold to their brother and sister. That's what that's all about. That's the curse. It ain't a blessing to that. What is the blessing of that? The blessing mm. to, to, to the people that promote that is that's just one less you so-and-so being birthed in the earth. That's their wicked blessing. But to us as a people and citizenship, and that's what we've resorted to, to kill our babies, ooh, it's great to be an American then, right? Go ahead, mm. Yes, yeah, so this, this is a satanic age where you think you have freedom, you have choice. But the choice that they've given us is to destroy ourselves. Mm. See, we don't remember the days of old. And I'm going to read that. This is Deuteronomy 32 and 7. It says, Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father, and he will show thee thy elders, and they will tell thee. First of all, what that's talking about is we were supposed to remember, remember the days of old. See, this is Deuteronomy. When Moses is telling them to remember the days of old, he's, he's telling them to remember that your God parted the Red Sea. Your God brought down the plagues on the Egyptians. Your God saved you manna from heaven. Now, where is God? God, Our people, their God is money. Our people, their God is women. Their God is drugs. They don't serve the living God, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and Jacob. Oh, that's weak. Dying into that Bible. That's the white man's book. They got every excuse under the heaven. And they serve in all kinds of madness and foolishness that's 
on a continuous basis, destroying them every day. But the Bible is our power. It's always been our power, and we have to return to it. We have to return to the God of the Bible and forsake all these different foolish gods. Because what? The God of this world, which is Satan, will allow you to, how simple it sounds could come, to go and murder your unborn child and say it's okay. I got choice. It's a woman's reproductive right. Satan got it all twisted up in their heads because they are the children of the curse. The matter of fact, were you saying Godiva? Hmm? Were you with that statement, Godiva? Yeah, go ahead, bro. Okay, can I deal with something, um, bro? Because you asked yeah. what's a blessing or a curse, right? Right, right. And now I, we talk about Deuteronomy 28, a lot of us, any Israelite church usually they'll do a Deuteronomy 28, but when you check the Bible, the, the curse and why we ended up being cursed is throughout the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, right. so I'm going to go because the Bible is repetitive, and that's why we know it's true because it proves itself. I'm going to read something real quick. I'm going to go to Daniel. I like this part right here. Daniel, the ninth chapter, and what I'm going to read is, why did Daniel say we went to slavery? And, and, and Daniel, if you want to bring it out in Deuteronomy or wherever else, it's going to say the same thing. Okay. I'm going to start Daniel. I'm going to start at Daniel 9, chapter, verse 9. Bear with me for a second. It says, to the Lord our God belong mercies and forgiveness. Though we have rebelled against him, neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore, the curse, let me read that again. Therefore, the curse is poured upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. The him mm. we sinned against is the Lord our God, and for that reason, the curse, not the blessing, was poured on us. And when you want to see the curse that was poured on us from his servant Moses, you go back to Deuteronomy 28 where Moses wrote about it. You could go back to Leviticus, the 26th chapter, where Moses wrote about it. You can either read it in Deuteronomy, the 4th chapter, where Moses read about it, wrote about it, and it's all pointing to the same thing. Because of our sins, the curse was put on us, and one of the signs of that curse is what? Captivity upon captivity upon captivity upon captivity. So it's not a blessing that we went into slavery under not just this captivity we're in under the Greeks, the Romans, and what we're in right now because it hasn't changed since the Greeks and the Romans. We went under captivity under the Babylonians, the Persian Medes, mm-hmm. the Greeks, and the Romans, and we, to this current day, we're still in captivity, period. And the reason is is because we sin against our father. I know they told you Sneakleberg and Spielberg and Rothschild and, you know, Heiselhofen and these people are so-called Jews over there bowing at a wall wearing boxes on their head. I know they, they told you that, that, Those are the chosen people of God. 
But when you read the scriptures, even the Torah that they claim that they believe in, they fit none of the characteristics and mainly the curses that will be perpetual on the people. So mm. who's in captivity? Walk around talking about, I need a Obama phone, I'm for Obama. We're the ones in captivity. Go ahead, bro. Oh, man. Uh, and uh, I'm just going to jump in here because, Kakam, you brought up a very important point about the different captivities that we have gone through. Because simply put, if we follow that logic, you know, you just look at how many times that the children of Israel were rewarded with so-called citizenship in, you know, in the greatest nation on the planet. When you look at the time of the Babylonians, you look at Daniel and the position he had during that empire when it ruled the face of the earth, or the Assyrian empire, okay, the Persians and the Medes during the time of uh, Mordecai, okay, or even during the book of, uh, I mean, not that's about to say the book of Romans, during the time of the Greco-Roman empire. Okay, from the time of the Maccabees up until the time of our Lord uh, Christ, Jesus Christ. I mean, it, it, it keeps repeating itself. So let's go way, way back before the children of Israel were in slavery in Egypt to when our forefathers, Joseph, was second under Pharaoh himself. Okay, so you keep seeing that whole thing wherever the children of Israel are, guess what? That's going to wind up being one of the top nations on the face of the earth. Because I, I, I want to read something about this thing because a lot of people get nationality and citizenship confused. Okay. Yeah. Just real quick. Um, I want to go to the book of Acts, chapter 22, and verse 24. And this is basically when Paul was apprehended by the, by the uh, elders of our people at that time. It says, the chief captain commanded him to be brought into the castle and bade that he should be examined by scourging, that he may know wherefore they cried so against him. So basically they were coming up against Paul for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to read on, verse 25. And as they bound him with palms, Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, Is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? When the centurion heard that, he went and told the chief captain, saying, Take heed what thou doest, for this man is a Roman. Then the chief captain came and said unto him, Tell me, art thou a Roman? He said, Yea. And the chief captain answered, With a great sum obtained I this freedom. And Paul said, but I was freeborn. Hmm. Sound familiar? <laughs> no, Paul wasn't free. He wasn't in captivity. He was a Roman. He wasn't in captivity, though. Go ahead, bro. Yeah. But here it is. Let me read in the book of Romans to show people in the scriptures that it shows you there's a difference between your citizenship and your nationality. He says, this is Romans chapter 11, verse, you know what? No, I'm going to go to Philippians. Philippians 3 and 4 where Paul was giving his pedigree to the people. He says, Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any man thinketh he hath, whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But now he comes back and says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. So there's a distinction there, okay? They understood that they were in captivity. Why? Because from the time that the Greeks came into power during the time period of the Maccabees, what did our people do? They were making treaties with the Romans to stay or to stay the execution and the, the persecution that we were receiving from the Greeks all the way up to what? The time of Christ where everything just basically started getting out of whack. But the point is, I want to focus on verse uh, chapter 3, verse 7, where he said, but what things were gained to me, I kind of lost for Christ because, 
a lot of our people want to hinge on the whole thing that, oh, I'm black. Here they were dealing with, oh, well, we're serving, the, we're following the Levitical priesthood. We're the children of the promise, but they didn't want to accept Christ. And sadly, and not necessarily ironically, you have the same thing now because a lot of our people become, and you mentioned it, they try to latch on to this whole so-called black nationality thing, or we want to latch on to the philosophies of America. We want to latch on to the so-called spirituality. Oh, I'm spiritual. Instead of latching on to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that's the only way we're going to get out of this thing. Right. So, now, you know, go ahead, uh, Godiva. I want to, uh, going back to the curse, I want to go to Deuteronomy um, 28 and mm-hmm. 15 and uh, address that is, is was, was slavery a blessing? This is Deuteronomy 28:15. It says, "But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all His commandments and His statutes which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee." So it's clearly stated that if we did not keep the commandments of God, that what would happen to us? That curses would come upon us. Okay. So let's verse 16 begins to list some of the curses. It says, Cursed shall thou be in the city. So, when you look at blacks and Latinos in the city, who gets stopped more by the police? Now, is that a blessing or is it a curse? Who lives in the worst part of town in the city? Whether you're in Harlem City, whether you're in London City, whether you're in Atlanta City, who's who's living worse? It's us. Who's on Section 8? Who's living in council houses? That's what they call it in the U.K. It's more so our people than anyone else. Who has the most crime in the city? Who's killing one another more so than any other nation? That's why they call it black-on-black crime wherever you go in the world. Wherever our people is, they call it black-on-black crime. Because we're the ones that's killing ourselves more whether it's abortion, whether it's drugs, whether it's homicide, whether it's gang-related, we're the ones doing it. Over in, in, in America, you got the zip code. Over here, you got the postcode. So they're doing the same thing no matter where you go. We're cursed in the city. We cannot get it together. Goes on to say, and cursed shall thou be in the field. So you, those over 400 years of slavery, picking cotton, that was a blessing? The Lord said it was a curse because we didn't make no money out of that. We didn't make no money. We should be rich. The slave masters, their ancestors are rich. Their ancestors have streets and cities named after them. What do we have? A curse because why? We didn't keep the commandments of the Heavenly Father. Verse 17, curse shall be thy basket in store because what could we store up? What could we keep? Nothing. The Lord cursed it. That's why I did a show on it. Black, broken, in jail. That's the majority of our people. Can't get it together. Ain't got two pennies to rub together. If you, if you do, you're probably going to have to lend it to somebody that's in your family who's broke. It goes on. Curse shall be the fruit of thy body. So you look, you look at our children today. There's a scripture in the Bible that says, and menstruous women shall bring forth monsters. That's what our children are like. Why? Because they're not being taught the commandments. They get taught Egyptology. They get taught 
Santa Claus and Easter bunny legs eggs and Jesus is still a baby. That's what they get taught and they go out there and bang and kill one another. Because that's foolishness and fables. They're not teaching them the truth that's in the scriptures. They're not teaching them their history and why our people are in these conditions, like the brother could come was saying, it's a spiritual condition. Let them go play more basketball. Give them a ball. How you how you keep how you keep uh, uh, two two black guys off a white woman? Give them a basketball. That kind of foolishness. <laughs> now, when you jump down to the sixty-eight verse, Deuteronomy twenty-eight sixty-eight, then it starts talking about the slavery that our people went into. So let me let me jump down and get that. Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, and the 68th verse. And, I mean, the Most High, he's, he's on point. He's right on time all the time. But it's just that we're not listening. We want to hear everything else. See, the, the majority of our people got caught up with Jim Jones and followed Jim Jones and drunk, drunk cyanide and Kool-Aid. And they were cool with that, having, you know, wash your butt if, if father want to sleep with you. Hmm. Oh, I think we might have lost him. Yeah, I think we lost him. We'll bring, he'll get back with us here in a second. All right. But, um, go ahead. Deuteronomy 2868. It reads, yeah, yeah. Let me just read it because I, I can continue it for him until he comes back in. I'll let him pick back up. Um, okay. Deuteronomy 28. Verse 68 reads, uh, and the Lord, uh, excuse me, I'm at 29, 28, 68, and the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships. By the way, wherever I spake unto thee, thou shalt see it no more again, and there ye shall be sold unto your enemies, for bond men and bond women, and no man shall buy you. So that's slavery. And we can't mm-hmm. pinpoint this because this is a, uh, 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 part of the curse that's going to keep replicating itself as long as the children of Israel keep going into the things that caused them to be cursed in the beginning. Because he read it in Deuteronomy 28 and 15 that if you would not hearken and deal with the Lord at his word on his terms, all these curses would come upon you, and this is one of them. Just like Daniel wrote where I read in Daniel 9, listen. We disobeyed and rebelled against the Most High, verse 11. Therefore, the curse, not the blessing, has been poured out on us. And when you mm-hmm. read, we don't have time to go into all of this. When you read, can I just read just 40, um, 45? It's talking about how comprehensive this thing, these curses are going to be. Deuteronomy okay. 28, 45. Okay, go ahead. Oh, uh, let me bring him back in real quick. Okay. All right, good Come, come pick up the ball. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going into the the slavery, you know, the the recent slavery that our people, how the Bible just describes it perfectly. And this is in Deuteronomy twenty-eight sixty-eight, and mm-hmm. from fifteen, it describes all the different curses that the Israelites would go into for breaking the Lord's commandments. And this is verse 68, 28 and 68. And it says, And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt 
What is the significance of bringing up Egypt here? Because in Egypt, that's what the Israelites knew. When you read Exodus 20 and 2, it calls Egypt the house of bondage. They knew Egypt was a hardcore slavery like they've never seen before. 400 years of crying to the Lord, Lord, get us out of here. They whipped them. They beat them. They made them build up pyramids, all kinds of stuff, 400 years. So the Lord said, I'm going to bring you into a slavery like Egypt because the Israelites never went into Egypt again as a nation like that. So this is speaking about something else. It says, again, with ships. So when you look at our people, how do we get to the Americas? How do we get to South America, Central America, the West Indian Islands? And that's another thing I'll, I'll, I'll be getting on, you know, our West Indian brothers about. is like, look, they are a Yankee boy. They're like, Yankee boy? I was like, look, my boat, your boat stopped. My boat kept going. We the same people. And when I say that, they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. They, they can't deny it. They just had the Olympics over here in the U.K., and you know all the Jamaicans up and on, you saying boat, you saying boat, he's going to beat the Americans. Oh, I was like, look, Americans, I was like, we're not Americans. We're American citizens, but we all children of slaves. So if you say boat, well, guess what? I win too because that's my brother. If Americans win, whoever wins, Guess what? That's my brother. We're the same people, so we should all rejoice. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I wonder if we got every all of the, the the islands together, man. We we running the thing. So it says, the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships. By the way whereof I spake unto thee, thou shalt see it no more again. What wasn't, wasn't we going to see anymore again? We we're going to see our homeland anymore again. We we're going to remember our homeland again. So you telling me? Slavery was a blessing. I'll be asking people. I was like, "What do you know? What do you know about your history?" And they would, you know, they'll they'll say the classic, the classic three. Give me the classic three names. When you start talking about Black history, what's the classic three names that come up? Malcolm Martin and uh, the third one's kind of up for grabs. But Marcus. Usually, not Martin Luther King definitely. Marcus. Marcus Garvey. The three M's. Malcolm, Marcus, and Martin, the three M's. So I asked him a question. I was like, um, this, is, this is my latest, latest thing that I've been asking people with black history. I was like, what happened in 1066? And they told me, oh, Battle of Hastings. I was like, oh, so you know, you know, you know white history. But what happened, what's happened in 1066 with your people? Well, I don't know. I was like, well, should you find out? So we don't remember, because of slavery, they beat that out of us. You don't remember your language. You don't remember your name. Even they show you that in Roots. Your name ain't Kuta. Your name is Toby, boy. So you telling me that's a blessing? It says, and let's read on in 68. It says, and there you shall be sold unto your enemies for bondmen and for bondwomen, and no man shall buy you. So there, who was there? There where the ships brought us. Now, who does that fit? That only fits a certain specific people on the earth. It can't fit everybody. It can't fit everybody. It only historically fits one people. 
And the Lord is speaking this to as a future prophecy for the Israelites breaking his commandments, this was going to happen. They were going to be sold to their enemies for bondmen, which is a slave, bondwoman, which is going to be a slave. So what happened? We were sold. We were sold. When you read, when you read back up in the curses, it says what? Our children are going to be taken away. Our children are going to be sold. And we was going to long for them. But there, was going to, there wasn't going to be any power in our hand to do anything about it. That's a curse. But, 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 but wait a minute now. You, you got some, some of these people out here saying that, you know, we had better family structures during the time period of slavery than we do now. <laughs> better family structures? Better family structures when they call our children puppies and we was, we was made it like cattle? That's a better family structure when the when the slave master comes in and breaks in your wife. That's a better family structure. That's called surviving. That's called surviving. That's what that's called. There was no family when the slave master would come in and rape your woman and you gotta stand there and watch. That's a blessing. So you telling me those scars don't affect our people today? Of course they do. And then I'll be in a dress yes, forget that boy. You you got chicken now. Going down to Popeye's to get you some chicken. No, no every other nation addressed the ill that happened to their people, and they have revolution uh, resolutions. They have discussions. Some people get paid. Look, they locked the don't you know they locked the Japanese during war, they locked the, they locked the Japanese up during World War Two. They yeah. put them in concentration camps. They getting paid. They locked them up for a couple of years. They getting paid now. What do we get for 400 years? Nothing. Shut the hell up. You're an American citizen now. Mm-mm-mm. But no, what we have to understand uh-huh. is that this is the punishment of the Lord. So if we want to get right, we want to get anything, you can't go to George Bush. You can't go to Obama. You can't go to anybody. You got to get down on your knees and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what the things I'm doing now, and I'm sorry for the things that my forefathers were doing against you and forgive me and send the Lord so we can go back and we can remember who we are and reclaim our nationality and not be called these bywords. Thank you, bro. Yeah, actually, uh, Katum, I, I know you wanted to finish up in uh, Deuteronomy 28 and 45. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Go right ahead because uh, I got something that's going to segue you kind of right into that. All right, listen, I want to deal with this because uh, the guy was brought up a couple of points. I'm just going to cover it real quickly. Um, basically, the diver was like, once the can of, what, you know what, opened up on us, we mm-hmm. were innocent. The part mm-hmm. where it says, no man shall buy you, that deliverance is not going to come until the Most High decrees that we're ready to be delivered through his son Christ. That's what the point oh. is. But you remember when Christ was with the apostles, when you look in the first chapter of Acts, right around the eighth verse, they asked him a question. Will you at this time restore the kingdom back to Israel as it's supposed to be? Because you didn't came and left. And he said, mm-hmm. listen, no man knows the time or hour. That's in the Father. That's in the Father's hands, right? So right. it's telling you. They knew they were not in their right position, and they knew they were in captivity, and they knew why. That's why Christ taught them to teach us repentance. But this is how overwhelming these curses are. It says here in Deuteronomy 28, 
verse 45 is giving you the coverall to understand what we did. It says, Moreover, all these curses, not blessings, shall come upon thee and shall pursue thee and overtake thee till thou be destroyed, because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded thee. And they, the curses, shall be upon thee for a sign and for a wonder and upon thy seed forever. So now, this is a direct reflection of what we're looking at now. We're looking at a cursed people. The brother brought it out. They beat the knowledge of ourselves out of us. They caused us not to know our heritage. They told us what they wanted. You African. And the easiest way to get a people convinced of something is to keep repeating the same thing over and over again. It's called the most simplest form of uh, uh, brainwashing. You're African. You're African. Africa really doesn't exist as a united continent. Because you ask somebody that's really from that continent, they'll tell you, I'm from the Congo, or I'm from the, uh, the Nigeria, or I'm from this, or I'm from that. And this is the thing that we have to understand. We're a destroyed people, but we don't have anybody to blame but ourselves because the Lord, as it says in Deuteronomy 28, excuse me, 68, the Lord sent us to this place and this captivity. And the only way we can get out of it, because no man shall buy you, is to turn to the Lord, his wisdom and his understanding. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, I mean, because part of the thing I, I, I want to deal with is that, you know, people talk about this. You got this guy named Lloyd Mock or Monk or whatever his name is. This is another uh, Republican um, representative from Arkansas. Uh, you know, he and John Hubbard share very similar views. But this guy basically had the gall to say that if slavery was so bad, then why did Jesus or Paul condemn it? Hmm. Is it slavery in the Bible? If you know, this all throughout the Old Testament, why didn't Jesus condemn slavery? Why didn't Paul speak about it? They even talk about the masters, the servants, they obey your masters. And I'm sitting here like, see, people don't understand. And this is the problem, too. People don't read their Bibles, okay, just flat out, because I want to go here just real quick to the book of Exodus, chapter 21, uh, to bring out some understanding on that just briefly, because I, I actually plan on doing a whole show on this at one point, but I, I definitely wanted to touch this uh, during this show, just briefly, because it goes into, that chapter goes into basically issues of what's concerning the difference between manslaughter versus straight-out murder. There were rules about uh, uh, if you abused your servants or if you injured your servants because people have to understand the way that servants were treated are supposed to be treated according to what's written in the Bible. That has, that is completely on the other side of the spectrum what we suffered here in America for over 400 years and even now. Let me read this Exodus 21:16. And he that stealeth a man and selleth him, or if he be found in his hand, shall surely be put to death. So according to the Old Testament, because that's what they want to run to to say that slavery was, was, was uh, okay, the kidnapping and the punishment is death. Death penalty. Let me jump to verse 20. And if any man smite his servant or his maid with a rod, and he die under his hand, he shall be surely punished. Notwithstanding, if he continue a day or two, he shall not be punished, for he is his money. And if any man smite the eye of his servant or the eye of his maid that it perish, 
he shall let him go free for his for his eyes' sake. And if he smite his manservants too, or his maidservants too, he shall let him go free for his tooth's sake. Now, mind you, this is the same chapter where it says an eye for an eye and a tooth for tooth, block for block. So the scriptures are showing us here that when you had servants, that if you mistreated them and harmed them or damaged them in anything like that, you had to let them go. But what they do to us, cut off our foot, slit our nose, turn the women upside down, string them up by their feet, and slit them down the middle and watch the babies fall to the ground. Okay. Beat the people to death. That, that sounds like night and day to me. But, you know, that's the whole thing. It's like people want to sit here and run to the Bible and say, oh, well, you know, the, the Bible justifies slavery. Not that crap that they did to us. No way, shape, or form. So I got another scripture going into that. Because the Lord spoke about this. Here we go. This is the book of Zechariah chapter 1 and verse 12. Here we go. So then the angel of the Lord answered and said, O Lord of, Lord of hosts, how long wilt thou not have mercy on Jerusalem and on the cities of Judah, against which thou hast had indignation these three score and ten years? Because the point was already brought out, that the Heavenly Father was angry with us for breaking his commandments. The same stuff we do in the day. I'm going to read on. Verse 13, And the Lord answered the angel that talked with me with good words and comfortable words. So the angel that communed with me said unto me, Cry thou, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I am jealous for Jerusalem and for Zion with a great jealousy, and I am very sore displeased with the heathen that are at ease. For I was but a little displeased, and they helped forward the affliction. See, the Heavenly Father put us in the hands of these other nations to punish us for breaking his commandments. But he said that he was a little displeased with us, but they helped forward the affliction. That middle passage, that's the help forwarding of the affliction and they went above and beyond. The slitting of our noses, the chopping off of our feet, the raping of our women, the selling us like cattle, all of the things, Jim Crow, I mean, the list goes on and on. They help forward the affliction. So it's not a matter of, oh, well, this is right, or this is not listen. This is what happened. And that's the kind of history that we need to be teaching our children. It's like, listen, you think you went into slavery because these people have power? No, you need to understand who has the real power and who gave it to them in the first place. So Right, and that, that same power is our power. And if we return unto him, he's going to forgive us of our sins because he's our father. And he's going to restore us, just like Kakumgabar was reading in the book of Acts. But I want to read this um, the scripture on that same point, what you're talking about, um, Abaja. Mm-hmm. This is... Um, First Chronicles uh, 6 and 15, and it says, And Jehozadak went into captivity when the Lord carried away Judah and Jerusalem by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. So that's the Babylonians. The Lord rose up the Babylonians to take the Israelites into captivity. So now, that that's First Chronicles. Now when we go to Second Chronicles, what's the remedy? They're in captivity because they broke the Mosai's commandments. They were warned by the prophets. The Lord always sent prophets like, look, it's just like you have children. And he said, look, boy, you better stop doing that or you're going to get in trouble. You're going to get a whooping. I ain't going to tell you again. So the Lord will always send prophets to us to forewarn us that, look, you're doing wrong. Set yourself straight. I'm going to have mercy on you if you do. 
But we're such a hard-head, stiff-necked, rebellious people. We just got to see what's at the other, other end of the line. So we went into captivity. When the Israelites went into captivity. Now, here's Second, second uh, Chronicles 6 and 37. What's the remedy for the captivity that we're in? Second Chronicles 6.37. Yet, if they bethink themselves in the land, whether they are carried captive. So we're supposed to, you know, think in our mind, why are we going through all these things? Why is it 2012 and we still trying to get some kind of rights or we're still trying to get a committee or we're trying to get a commission or we're trying to get a payment, we're trying to get something. Why is this happening? Why is there crack in my community? I'm walking down the street, there's a crack vial, and there's a, there's a, a, a dope thing walking around with no shirt, bugged out like she on Mars. Why is this happening? Yet if they shall bethink themselves in the land where they carried captivity, American, England, U.K., different places we would carry captivity because one thing about the U.K., they try to put it off like that's an American problem. But the U.K. was that heart and soul of, of slavery, okay, trying to slave trade. Boy, we went to America, that money, molasses, and rum was coming right back to the U.K., baby, right back to Liverpool, one of the main slave ports. It said, and turn and pray unto thee in the land of their captivity, saying, we have sinned, we have done amiss, and have dealt wickedly. Because that's what blacks are doing in America. We have sinned against the Most High. What is sin? Transgression of the laws that, and statutes that's contained in the Bible. Adultery, murder, hatred, bearing false witness, coveting. That's all what we're doing in the ghetto, and that's what they promote. So that's a good thing? No, we've sinned. We've done amiss. Why are there so many children that don't have fathers? The family structure is destroyed, and that's the way Satan loves it. He don't want a father to be that man in the household to bring down the law in the house and to have the woman in check with the law statute. Cause I ain't talking about a man beating his wife because people get that simple notion in their head because they're simple as hell because that's all that's been shown to our people. If a black man in the house, he's beating his wife. Oh. He's using the children. He's sleeping with the daughter. He's touching her. That's foolishness. We've dealt wickedly, and we have to return unto the Lord. Verse 38, if they return to thee with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their captivity, whither they have carried them captives and prayed toward thy land which thou gavest unto So we got our land. America's not our land. It's never been our land. We went there to be punished. It was a punished. It was a curse. That's why we're still stubborn today. So we have a land. We have a heritage. We have a history. And toward the city which thou hast chosen. Because America is not the city that God has chosen. People look at oh, America as the shot. No, it's not. America, the West, this civilization, this ain't the city that the Lord has chosen. The Lord chose Jerusalem. He chose Zion. That's where Christ is going to sit and he's going to command, he's going to rule this world with a rod of iron in righteousness and toward the house which I have built for thy name. That's what we're supposed to do. Verse 39. Then hear thou from the heavens, even from thy dwelling place, their prayer and their supplications, and maintain their cause 
and forgive thy people which have sinned against thee. So that's why none of our causes can go forward, because they're not of the Lord. They're not of the most high. We're going to get a land, and we're going to have a national flag and national flag. The people don't care about that. We're never going to be together unless we come together under our true leader, not Jesse Jackson. Sure as hell ain't Obama is Christ is our leader. Back mm-hmm. to you, bro. Mm-hmm. Come on, see you sitting here waiting on something. Bro, I'm just here. Uh, you know, the brother had brought it up. I just want to reiterate it again. The Babylonian captivity was the start of what we were starting to feel, or the revelation of the prophecy was starting to come to pass about Deuteronomy 28:68 about how we will be taken and sold into mm-hmm. other lands on ships. But I want to read something. I want to read Jeremiah in the 40th chapter because it started in his time. Remember, Jeremiah warned the people, oh, you're going to go serve 70 years in, in Babylon because of your wickedness. I'm going to read something. It says, Jeremiah in the 40th chapter, starting at verse 1, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord after that Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, had let him go from Ramah, when he had taken him, being bound in chains among all that were carried away captive of Jerusalem and Judah, which were carried away captive unto Babylon. And the captain of the guard, now this is the man from the other nation, the Babylonian Chaldean, same people. And the captain of the guard took Jeremiah and said unto him, The Lord thy God hath pronounced this evil upon this place. Now the Lord hath brought it and done according as he has said. Because ye have sinned against the Lord, and have not obeyed his voice, therefore this thing has come upon you. Once again, surely, right out of the mouth of a heathen, another nation of people, that's rounding you up in captivity, he's telling you, look it, the reason you're in captivity is because what you said. Now, to show you this thing is perpetual, it's not you just can't pinpoint it at one point in time, because that was the start of it, and it broke out on us. Let's go over here to Luke, the 21st chapter. Let's see what our Lord and Savior said. Now, this goes to that question about whether or not Christ condemned slavery or said it was a blessing or it was a good thing. All right. Luke 21. Now, remember, the Israelites were slaughtered. The Bible brought it out. We had to repent. Turn. That's what turns to the Lord means. That's our salvation. That's our remedy. This is Christ talking about something, and let's pay attention, if it sounds familiar. Luke 21, verse 21. Then he's talking about Jerusalem is going to be destroyed and fall. fall. It's going to mm-hmm. take the destruction of the temple and the signs of the destruction of that city. I'm just going to pick up what he said. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains. This is Luke 21, 21. Then let them which are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out, and let not them that are in the countries enter there into. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. Verse 24, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down until the Gentiles, excuse me, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. That goes right back to Deuteronomy 28, 68, no man shall buy you. 
The one that's going to buy us and redeem us is the one that was sent. His name is Christ, the son of the living God, and that's the one that's going to redeem us. So guess what? We're still in that perpetual rabbit hole of slavery hmm. because Christ said the same thing that the guy were read in first, second Chronicles, and what I read in uh, Jeremiah 40 where the heathen said this is why he said it. It's going to happen. It's going to keep happening until what? He is sent to redeem us once and for all. So all this foolishness that we went to slavery because the white man was bad, but he was all powerful. Matter of fact, we still try to suck on the white man's teeth. So our reparations and our reconciliation and all this other stuff, that's straight foolishness, and our people got to wake up. And it's not the white man. It ain't got nothing to do with him. It's got all to do with our wicked, perverse, evil, wretched hearts. That's what it's got to do with. Because the most high shows us, Deuteronomy 28 and 1, it's all good. If you follow, it's all good, you're going to be on high. Deuteronomy 28 and 15, if you don't listen, you're going to be cursed. Now we're suffering the curses and we don't like it, so we want to blame everybody else, and that takes us further away from the remedy that the diamond was saying, turn to the Lord wherever you're at in captivity, and it's going to be good again. Go ahead, go back to you. Now, you know what? Before we go any further, I want to take a moment. Oh, me. I want to take a moment to go to a short break. And when we come back, I want to address some other things as far as going into this whole blessing and the things that we so-called have to look forward to as far as the education and all of that. So, y'all hang tight and you'll be back shortly. Body of Christ Church Radio Network broadcasts seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the BLCC. Listen to our archive broadcasts or check us out while we are live on the air. Come and visit us in the virtual living room at 2 o'clock p.m. on Sundays where we examine current topics according to the scriptures. Are you looking for the truth? Can you handle the truth? Find out on Mondays at 8 o'clock p.m. It doesn't matter what church you attend or philosophy you believe. Take the challenge to see, are you smarter than your pastor on Tuesdays at 8 o'clock p.m.? The world is engrossed in darkness, but it shall be destroyed by the light. Check out From Darkness to Light at 7 o'clock p.m. on Wednesdays, where all manner of witchcraft, occult practices, and Satanism is exposed for what it is. Before the light comes, it's time to awake. On Thursday at 8 o'clock p.m., if you are seeking salvation, listen to Repentance is the Key, Fridays at 7 o'clock p.m. And after you've listened to all of these shows, find out how we will become kings and priests, Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock a.m. All shows are on Eastern Standard Time. Remember to check out The Body of Christ Church seven days a week on blogtalkradio.com forward slash the B-O-C-C. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash T-H-E-B-O-C-C. Shalom.
come down very low. So in the in the black Latino community, what do I see? I see Arabs. I see Koreans. I see uh, Europeans, the white man, Africans. Everybody's in our community taking the money out of the community. They're rich. They got the money. And we're the one that's on low. I can remember my days uh, being in Harlem and see brothers and they're going into a chicken shop, and who's, who's selling them the chicken? The Arabs, and they're mad as hell. They're going in to get chicken, and they get it from the Arabs. They're mad. Hurry up, man. Get on bring my chicken, man. They're mad, and they don't know why these things are. They can't set up no kind of store or businesses. I remember Harlem. They used to go to Harlem. They had a little, little street market. They took that all down. You couldn't have nothing legit, black man. Why? The stranger going to have it. He's going to get the permit. You ain't going to get nothing. Why? Because this is a curse that the Most High put on us. Deuteronomy 28, 44. He shall lend to thee, and thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head, and thou shalt be the tail. Now, isn't that the case? Isn't that the case in the cities where we are? Are we on the top? Are we ruling anything? No. We're at the bottom. 45. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee. So the condition and state that we're in is not a blessing. And it, it wasn't a gift, okay? It wasn't a gift. It was economically viable to make us free. Because to keep us as slaves, yes, that cost them more money. Why not free them 
and have them pay for their food, have them pay for their housing. That was good business practice. If you want to speak of that sense, but we're speaking of the biblical sense. So the Lord said, Moreover, all these curses shall come upon thee, and shall pursue thee, and overtake thee, till thou be destroyed. Because there were ones of our people who tried to run to Europe, different places, and wherever they went, oh, you're, you're a Negro, you're a nigger, you're this, or whatever term they would put it, whether the, whether the French, the Spanish, uh, Moreno, or uh, Negro, or wherever we went, we went to Germany, Schwarzer, wherever we went, these curses would pursue us. We couldn't hide. Why? Because thou hearkenest not unto the voice of the Lord thy God. That's why. That's why we don't want to listen to what the Lord is saying out of his Bible, to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded thee. Verse 46. And they shall be upon for a sign and for a wonder and upon thy seed forever. So these things are still upon us. They haven't gone away. They haven't gone away. They still affect us today in 2012. Verse 47. Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Because we didn't serve the Lord for everything that we received. We wanted to turn to Shango. We wanted to turn to Buddhism. We wanted to turn to every other god under the sun, the gods of other nations. We don't want to serve the Lord. So I say, oh, the Lord, you don't want to serve me? You're not happy to serve me? Okay. What did the Lord do? Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Therefore shall thou serve thy enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger. So you hungry, you want food. Now they come out with laws you can't even keep a gun. They put the people in jail for putting guards in their front yard. You try to grow something, they won't put you in jail. Monsanto's, look it up, Google it. So you want some you want some food, you have to go to the the Kroger, the Walmart, over here in the UK, Tesco, Sainsbury's. You gotta go to some corporate store to get your food. You can't make your own food. For hunger, for thirst, you want water, you gotta pay that water bill. Don't pay that water bill, cut your water off. And in nakedness. So you want any kind of clothing to clothe yourself. Or even going into the nakedness of your mind, you want education. Who's educating you? Your enemies. Well, that's why you know what happened in 1066. You know what happened in 1066. European history, but what happened in 1066 with your people? And you don't think they know? Yeah, they got the records. Your enemies got the records on you. Therefore shall thou serve thy enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger, and in thirst, and in nakedness, and in one of all things. So you're not alive unless they say you're alive. You're not dead unless they say you're dead. You're not married unless they say you're married. So you're telling me that's a blessing? Before, it was a act between the father. See, here, here, here we are. Here we are, Abaja. You're about to get married to become Jabbar's daughter. In our own land, it was agreement between him and you. And you said, all right, can I marry it? All right. And you signed the paperwork. You didn't have to go to a third party saying, okay, yeah, I'll say it's okay for you to marry. 
the power, the power was in the Father's hands. So the Lord said, you don't want to serve me. You don't want the power? Okay, I'll take all of your power and give it to your enemies. That's what the Lord did. So you're telling me slavery is a blessing? you got to be kidding me. And it reads on. I'll finish up. And he shall put a yoke of iron from thy neck until he have destroyed thee. So that's what happened to our people. We are destroyed as a people. We're totally destructured as a people. We're, we're destroyed from our language. We're destroyed from our heritage. We don't even know who can save us. We're looking for Obama. It, 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 it changes from decade to decade. Is it Malcolm going to do it? Is Martin going to do it? Is Marcus going to do it? Is Jesse going to do it? Is Sharpton going to do it? Now is it Obama going to do it? I'm going to give me an Obama phone. Well, you need to be like E.T. and phone home, but you got the wrong damn number. you calling the wrong person. You need to call on the name of the Lord. Back to you. Now, to come, I, I want to read something real quick. Because, um, you know, for, for people that are, like, maybe catch, that might catch this on the archives or for those that are listening live, that we have a link to the live binder where you can, you know, go and check out some of the articles related to the show. Um, this is an excerpt that I'm reading from uh, Republican Representative. Um, I keep forgetting this guy's name. But at any rate, it's called Confessions of a Frustrated Conservative. And this is from a section of the book called The Black Blessing in Disguise. That's what I read from in the earlier part of the show. But uh, I want to read a little bit more from this excerpt because he actually sent this as a response to uh, a local news station so that they can get an idea of what he was saying because, you know, again, and I, I think this is a very valid point that, you know, the news tends to sensationalize a lot of things. And they'll give you a tidbit and then start to stir the pot around it instead of you reading it in context. So I want to read a little bit further into, you know, where that where a lot of these um, quotes came from. And this is the this is this guy's, uh, you know, thing. It says the question now is with the black race several generations into this process, will they allow themselves to take advantage of the gift that was given to them and redeem those trials and tribulations of their ancestors? Blacks today must ask themselves. Is their life better spent as a U.S. citizen living in America or, the, excuse me, let me start that again. Is their life better spent as U.S. citizens living in America or as African tribesmen living in grass huts and constantly searching for food? <laughs> this guy is insane. Oh, let, me, let me jump down because he actually sets forth some questions that are, I, I think these are valid. Check this out. I'm still reading from this book again. He says, wouldn't life of blacks in America today be more enjoyable and successful if they would only learn to appreciate the value of a good education? Also, wouldn't life of blacks in America today be more successful if they don't would only see government entitled programs as a last resort or for those who simply cannot provide for themselves with the physical and mental handicaps? Well, black pride, because I know I, I definitely want to address this, y'all, this whole thing of black pride, because some people listening to this show will think that we're on some black pride trip and that's so far from the truth. Check this out. He says, will black pride ever convince their race to take full advantage of those things that would encourage their fellow Americans to see them as equal and contributing members of the American experience? I'm going to come back to that one. Is black pride enhanced or diminished by the continual acceptance of the victim label 
as encouraged by liberal whites and far too many impressionable leaders, leaders within the black community. Boy, could come. I want to focus on this thing here, the whole thing about the black pride uh, convincing, convincing the race to take full advantage of the things that would encourage our fellow American citizens to see as equal and contributing members of the American experience. Well, like things like education and freedom. Yeah. Okay. Well, you yeah. know, it's, it's, I, I, I'm just going to attack this by saying this because I got my hand holding like nine scriptures and I just let them all go. And I'm going to deal with this because the more you read, the more I was looking to hold it. So I'm going to deal with this. This is the problem about the whole, you know, black pride thing. It's one thing that's wrong. And I'm going to read it in Isaiah 5.13. It's just a simple statement. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge, and their honorable men are famished, and their multitude dried up with thirst. Now, I'm going to explain what that's going into. He's talking about how the ones that should be standing up for right in the Lord are not setting up for right. Those are honorable men of families. It's like they don't have any sustenance, not only, for, not only for themselves, but to feed the flock, right? So mm-hmm. because of that, the knowledge that is needed for us to succeed is surely diminished. So we cannot take advantage of anything because the advantage that we need to take care of has already been given for to us because we are supposed to be inheritors of the world because it was made for us. Why do we know that? Because the old Christian saying, the Bible tells me so. Mm-hmm. This is a problem. And that knowledge is not acquired by the people that really need it because they won't really read the Bible. So this is the problem of the success. Matter of fact, what is going on when you read Hosea 4, it reads a 6, it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. That thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. So the children are something that comes after in generations and continue. This is why this is so perpetual. Because there's a lot of knowledge floating around, like this ignorant fool is almost hard to address him, because he's so blatantly ignorant about mm-hmm. The history of that continent, Africa, about people that were of different hues living in mud huts. When you read a book and you know history, tells you, like, what about Timbuktu? What was that? And where was that at? This is the thing that people have to get an understanding of. And Timbuktu wasn't African. It was the Israelites that got pushed out of what Christ was saying in Luke 21, when they were scattered and they were taken captivity and some fell by the edge of the sword, they got pushed, and one of the places they got pushed into was that continent of Africa where they thrived for a while as a what? Society with all kinds of advancements and civilization. But that being said, the problem is it's a problem of acquiring the right knowledge. The knowledge is not knowledge of college. The wisdom is not the wisdom of the world because the Bible also tells us that the Most High made the wisdom of this world foolishness. So mm-hmm. let's look at the knowledge that we have to acquire to succeed and have success. It's a scripture, and it tells us everything is written in the scriptures for our learning. Well, what do we do? 
we look at the Bible as if something that's going to kill us, and it's like kryptonite, and we don't want to deal with it. Okay? So you want to have success, you need to deal with the right knowledge, and that's the problem with our people. Matter of fact, you tell one of our people in the Caribbean and Spanish-speaking islands, uh, South America, wherever they are, Afro-European, Afro-Canadian, wherever they are, uh, Latino, whatever they call themselves today, you tell them, listen, you the Israelites that talks about the Bible, how can you say that? That's quicker than hell. You're an anti-Semite. Because these hook-nosed people that's European, over from over there, that's in that land that the U.N. said, it's Israelites, they got to be the ones because they said they're the ones. This is foolishness. That's the knowledge that's deficit in our people. Excuse me. That's the knowledge that's abundant in our people. And this knowledge that I'm going to read is in serious deficit. That's why we're in the condition that we're in. I'm going to read it. Joshua 1, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So the way to prosper and have success, even in this rabbit hole of madness, degradation, defilement, and perverseness that we find ourselves in, is a remedy. If we meditate on the book of the law, that is going to give us our prosperity and success, and we won't be begging for crumbs. We will know our heritage. We will start to understand the great power that is our Father who arts in heaven, and we will understand what he requires of us and what he wants us to be. That's the knowledge equation that brings us to what? Salvation and righteousness according to as it is written. I'm going to read this again. I'm going to read this apart. It says, the book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. That's the studying and the information that we're supposed to be developing in. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. So the roadmap, the blueprint for our salvation, our success, our prosperity, thus said the Lord, is given, but what do our people do? They're staying on stuck on being destroyed because they don't have the right knowledge. Back to you, bro. Now, one thing, a few of those things I actually want to address, and I, I call this the, the so-called mercy that we receive in conditions, you know, because once upon a time it was against the law for a, a slave to, to read, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, it was a, you didn't have the right to vote. According to, you know, the laws of this land, once upon a time, we were considered three-fifths of a man. So looking at all of the so-called advances, you know, you had the whole thing of uh, reconstruction. We had a lot of so-called blacks in governmental positions and things of that nature. Then you had Jim Crow ever where things were turned back two times, <laughs> you know, with, uh, with the way things were going. But, you know, People, a lot of people like to carry that whole banner of how a lot of great leaders have come and put their lives on the, on the line, their lives on the line, and have shed all of their blood and have marched for civil rights 
and march for us to have the right to vote and march for us to have, you know, to be able to have the same opportunities as whites in this, in this, in, uh, in this country. But does the Bible really address that? You know, because a lot of people will say, well, what about this? What about the civil rights? Yep. What about the right to vote? I got what it. about, you know, equal housing? What about separate but equal? What about this? Like, you know, I got no it. Time in control of Go ahead, uh, I got it. So remember, <clears throat> remember what it said in Deuteronomy twenty-eight mm-hmm. that the Lord would that the Lord was going to make us serve under who? Our friends. Our enemies. Our enemies. Friends don't cut off your feet. Friends don't wake your wife. Friends don't uh, butcher your baby or your pregnant wife. So why now have we got a little ease? From the pain and suffering. The Bible answers mm-hmm. it. The Bible answers it. Jeremiah 15 and 11. It says, The Lord said, Verily it shall be well with the remnant. Verily I will cause the enemy to entreat thee well in the time of evil and in the time of affliction. So he did that. It wasn't because, okay, we good. We're going to free the slaves now. This is so wrong. The Lord did that. The Lord did that. The Lord eased it up so we can have some kind of semblance of rights. Put this in our home. So who we should be thanking and praising? Abraham Lincoln? <clears throat> Abraham Lincoln? John Brown? Who should we be thanking? The Lord. Lord, thank you. You, you allowed us to have some measure of peace where we can serve you. Let's go further. Let's go mm-hmm. to Psalms 106.42. It says, their enemies also oppress them. Remember, the Lord said he's going to bring us to our enemies. He's going to send our enemies against us, and he's going to make us serve our enemies. Mm-hmm. So in Psalms 106.42, it says, their enemies also oppress them, and mm-hmm. they were brought into subjection under their hand. We were we were brought under subjection to these people's hands. We were made to do their bidding, raise their children, cook their food, sex them, whatever they wanted to do. We had to do it. Verse 43, many times did he deliver them, but they provoked him with their counsel and were brought low for their iniquity. So this wasn't the first time. Many times did the Lord deliver us. And we're waiting for the Lord to deliver us now with the final deliverance. Verse 44, nevertheless, he regarded their affliction when he heard their cry. That's what Solomon was saying. Lord, when these people, they think about all the things that they did against you, Lord, remember their prayer, Lord. When they bethink themselves and say, yes, we have sinned. Yes, we have committed ignorance. Yes, we have done wickedness. Yes, we've committed adultery. Yes, we've hated one another. Remember their cry and hear their prayer, Lord. So the Lord's going to hear the remnant, like he said, and entreat, make the enemy and treat them well. When he heard their cry and he remembered for them his covenant and repented according to the multitude of his mercies, he made them also to be pitied of all those that carried them captives. So who did that? The Lord made the enemy to have pity on us. Have mercy on us. Oh, we're going to give them some rights. Oh, they've been whooped. Oh, we done whooped them so hard. You know, oh, we got to just go do something better for these people now. 
the Lord put the just like the Lord put the spirit on Pharaoh and hardened his heart, the Lord made these people pity us and feel sorry for us. The Lord did that. So who are we supposed to thank and look at look to? The Heavenly Father and the Son Jesus Christ. Period. Mm-mm-mm. Now you know what you actually I want to go back to where you read out of in the book of Jeremiah, the fifteenth chapter. Because you read verse 11. I want to jump up a few verses. I'm going to read Jeremiah 15 and 4. So people can really understand. Just to drive this point home. It says, this is the book of Jeremiah, chapter 15, verse 4. And I will, I will cause them to be removed into all kingdoms of the earth because of Manasseh, hmm. the son of Hezekiah, king of Judah, for that which he did in Jerusalem. For who shall have pity upon thee, O Jerusalem? Or who shall bemoan thee? Or who shall go aside to ask how thou doest? Ain't nobody checking for us. Most <laughs> I said, who's going to go ask how thou do it? Ain't nobody checking for us Ain't nobody, man, listen The point was already brought out the, the, the other nations that suffered a bunch of atrocities They're getting reparations Those war criminals are still being persecuted Many, many, many tens of, tens of years after the fact Okay You know what? You know what reparations and any other nation I mean, so it's like, listen People have to understand that we're going through these scriptures not to demonize the so-called white man because this ain't got nothing to do with the white man. Right. All these, you know, all these black national nationalities, uh, nationalism, whatever. I'm messing up the word. All these people want to mm-hmm. holler, be on this black pride thing. Guess what? It ain't got nothing to do with the white man. You looking at the wrong image. You yeah, at the wrong person. I want to say this because a lot of people they claim Africa, Africa. You look at all other nations. Their people be under some kind of hostage situation or get taken. They're, send, they're sending special forces, the Marines, to rescue their people. Why did Africans come and get us? Well, you know what? Y'all done took our people. We're gonna we're gonna make war on America. We're gonna go. To, ain't no one come for us. Ain't no one look for us, and no one want us back. You know that simple lie that they put out there. Well, there was tribal infighting, and they right. sold their people into slavery. And, you know, the scriptures tell you that the simple believe is every word. And our people mm. are very simple. Because, you know, it's just like you just, the point you just made the diamond. If we were so-called African, I, I found out at an early age, even before I came into the ministry, I was an African. When I mm. went and tried to move, when I was 18 years old and I went to UB, University of Buffalo, and tried mm. to commute some of my brothers from Africa, and they basically treated me like a piece of dog caca. I knew something was different between me and them. So the whole point, I just didn't know what it was. Oh, they had fun sleeping with our women, the so-called Negroes women, but they didn't want nothing to do with you past that point. And our people are simple as hell because, and I'm going to tell you, I'm talking about our people, and I wish you would get mad. But I wish you would get mad and put your thumbs on your keyboard and research some stuff on the Internet to find out, even from a kind of perspective, that whole lie that we are African and we come from mighty great kings of Africa is a total, uh, I was going to say something I should say, but it's hogwash. That's yeah, what we have exactly. to understand. It don't mm-hmm. even it's hard to be lined up. And all the while, I remember one time I got this discussion you know, we used to be very zealous, a little bit overboard when we first started building. One of our cousins got violently, damn near violently mad at me because 
I was explaining to her that those people that are over in that land claiming that they're Israel and that's their land, over there fighting and warring and all the other stuff that they're doing, those are not those people. Primarily, we're the ones that have all the characteristics that all the prophecies and all the testimonies say that those people would have on them the rate of destruction and the things that have happened to us in history. Violently mad. That's the problem. Satan is very, very, very clever. And he's got a hold on our people in this world. They want to claim black. Black is a color in a box of crayons. What hell, you touched it earlier, nationality and citizenship. What kind of nation or citizenship can you develop from a color? This is the simplicity of our people. And this guy is saying, and I bet you a lot of our simple-minded people are right along with him in the Republican Party. I'm a black Republican agreeing with him on his foolishness, saying that all these things are a blessing because we can say we live in this country. You're calling yourself a color. You don't know where the hell you came from. You don't know what who your brother is, your sister is. You don't know nothing, but I'm blessed. Back to you. Uh-huh. Now, I'm, I'm getting ready to read something that's going to upset some of these uh, so-called Hebrew Israelite groups that dead set on this whole black nationality thing. Because I, I said it before, and I'm going to keep saying it. Every time I get opportunity to say it, that now that we're under the Lord Jesus Christ, this is this is more than just, it's not about a, a so-called black thing. Because what we're dealing with primarily is the scriptures. Basically, the only are the scriptures. So we're dealing with the facts of the scriptures and the things that happened to us over the period of time, by the power of the Heavenly Father. I want to go to the book of, just real quick, because I said we're going to upset a lot of folks. Yes, yeah, like nobody. Like they're, going to be, they're going to be upset with the Lord. They're going to be upset mm-hmm. with us. Okay, here we go. The book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse 5, because a lot of so-called Israelite groups want to limit being Israel and the Lord's chosen people to a specific color. People say, well, y'all saying the same thing. No, we're not. No, we're not. So I'm going to prove it. Acts chapter 2, verse 5. It says, and they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. We just read everything in the scriptures out of Isaiah, Jeremiah, okay, how the Lord was going to scatter us for the breaking of his commandments. Deuteronomy 28, okay. The book of Deuteronomy showed how the Lord was going to scatter us because we broke his commandments. It told us how he was going to use the other nations to scatter us. So, no, this is not a campaign to spread hate on the other nations or the so-called white man. No, y'all missing the point because that ain't got nothing to do with it. Because we got there to every nation under heaven because we broke the commandments of the heavenly father. I'm going to read further. It says, now, when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man had heard them speak in his own language. Because this is the scriptures, these are the scriptures that we go to, to and I think it comes out of with it earlier, about the whole thing of speaking in tongues and going into the blabble babble and all that other stuff in the yabba dabba do. Here we go. Because this is when they received the gift of the Holy Spirit to spread the gospel in other lands because of the languages that were spoken in those other, that were, uh, they spoke in those other lands. 
Here we go. It says, now, when this was noise and brawl, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? So guess what? The children of Israel, right now you can come out and use your phrase, but not this little nice little package group that's only in North Central and South America. Okay. The Lord said that he was going to scatter us to the four corners of the earth. Let me read that. this. You go ahead. Uh. Let me read this, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay on the same point that you're on, uh, Abadji. This is Isaiah, the 11th chapter, and the 10th verse. It says, In that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an enzyme of the people. So that root of Jesse, Jesse was David's father. And Christ right. is known as the son of David. So that's the root right. that's going to come out of Jesse. It says, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. So Christ is going to stand up as a sign of our people. Christ is our leader, our general, our high priest, our captain. He's all of that. Our prince, our king. He gets all those titles, all those glorious and anointed and holy titles. They all belong to him. To, to it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria. Where is that? Is that America? No. He will try to go Assyria to America. No. And from Egypt. So where is Egypt? That's in Africa. From Paphros, that's another city in Africa. And from Cush. Cush. Now, Cush is who? The Ethiopians. Right. I've heard people say, brothers of the church, oh, man, you see them Ethiopians, them alien headlines. Wait a minute, hold on. Some of them alien-looking people, like you say, may be the scattered of Israel. So be careful. Mm-hmm. And from Elam. Elam, who's Elam now? The East Indians over there in Asia. So some of them people have been scattered, obviously have been scattered amongst us. And from Shinar, Babylon and from Hamath, and from the islands of the sea. So you're talking about people, and all you want to play, play a race game and look at these people, and they look like this way, and they look like aliens, and they have this way, and their lips and their eyes, and they look. No, be careful, because our people have been scattered to the four corners of the earth. Verse 12, and he shall set up an enzyme for the nations, and shall the enzyme or the sign is Christ. Because the scripture says that what? The sheep is going to hear Christ's voice. And when the Bible speaks about the sheep, it's talking about the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So the mm-hmm. Israelites are going to come back together as a nation from their outcast, from their banishment. Verse 12, I'll read it again. And it shall set up an enzyme for the nation and shall assemble the outcast of Israel and gather mm-hmm. together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. So our people have been scattered all over, suffering all over these conditions and curses wherever we may be. And that sign that's going to bring us back is Christ. Christ taught repentance. That's what's going to bring us back together. That is going to be the glue that is going to bind us as a people. It's not basketball courts or programs. That ain't going to bring us together. 
That's not going to stop the crack, the prostitution, the whoremonger, the whoring, the adultery, the murder in our neighborhoods. Coming back to the Lord through Jesus Christ is. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got to pick up a scripture I had dropped. But he just went, went right, right back into it. I'm going to reread something that uh, we read because he's talking about how Christ is the ensign and how he's got to bring us back. Because he's, it's like at the commandment of the Most High is the reason we end it. And it says that the Lord shall bring thee into captivity, right? So mm-hmm. now, what it says here, um, I'm going to read Deuteronomy 28, verse 47. I'm going to do a reread so people probably can get this. Hopefully they'll get this. It mm-hmm. says, Deuteronomy 28, 47, Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart for the abundance of all things, therefore shalt thou serve thy enemies, which the Lord shall send thee against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things, and he shall he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he hath destroyed thee. Okay? So now that's what the Lord did. And it came based on not because of the white man is great or that he just so evil or whatever. It's because of our doing we're in this situation. But mm-hmm. Christ is the insight so the Bible read of the Old Testament. He's the one that's drawn what? Who was that directed to? When you read in Acts, the second chapter, who was that talking about? The Jews, the Israelites that were scattered in every nation. Under, mm-hmm. under, how did they get there? And the prophecy of them coming back is based on what Gadiah was reading. And we read it in the curses, and then Gadiah was reading how they get back through the inside as Christ. Let's check mm-hmm. it the Bible itself. Luke 1, verse 68. Remember, we got dealt with by our enemies because we didn't serve the Lord. Our God. So let's look mm-hmm. at what salvation is. Is it going to church being dumped? I'm born again, born in the body of Christ. I'm saved. Let's read. Luke 1, verse 68. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, Israel, and hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, the root of Jesse, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us to perform the promise to our fathers and to remember his holy coming. So, looking at the Bible is saying the same thing over and over again. America is not our salvation. It's not our rest, as Hebrews 3 and 4 talks about entering into. The rest, the salvation is when we get established and delivered from our enemies that we were sent to serve for our wickedness and rebelliousness because the Bible is saying the same thing over and over again. It proves itself. We just read it right here. Zechariah, the the father of John the Baptist, prophesied of the Christ, the pending birth of Christ about to come. What was the reason for it? so that he would save us from our enemies and all them that hate us. Why did we as a people get sold and spoiled by our enemies? Because we rebelled against them and the most high, we rebelled against the Most High, and the Most High laid it out for us throughout the scriptures that this is what's going to happen to you if you rebel. You're going to go into the hands of your enemies. We rebel. He sent us to the hands of our enemies. Christ, 
is the one that's going to buy us out of it. As it said in Deuteronomy 28, 68, no man shall buy you because we can't put faith and trust in man. We have to put faith and trust in the Most High who sent his son Christ to deliver us from our enemies, and that's the salvation that we should need. It goes back to that question of what knowledge do you have? Do you have the spiritual knowledge from the Scriptures, or do you have the spiritual knowledge from your mind and your preferred thoughts and your will and your wisdom based on this world? Back to you, Will. Wow. No, you said a mouthful. <laughs> you, you definitely said a mouthful. Because, um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, you know, start wrapping this thing up. Because I've I got two scriptures I want to read. Um, this is out of the book of St. John, chapter 10, and verse 16. And this is this is Jesus Christ speaking. And this is what he told the disciples. Because, again, like I said, people do not read their Bible. You know, you got this guy here, freaking Republican John Hubbard, you know, talking about slavery was a blessing, and you have a lot of people that share that viewpoint. And on the flip side, you know, you got so-called black nationalists thinking that it's all about the color of our skin and we don't have the power of ourselves to get ourselves out of these conditions through education and money and getting our own land and all that other stuff. And and granted, and people don't get it twisted, Okay. Because you're not on here saying that you don't, you're not supposed to get an education. You're supposed to be dumb as a brick, okay, and not go and learn anything or get a skill or a trade or have a career. No, that ain't what we ain't dealing with that. What we're dealing with is the root cause of all, I ain't going to say some, all of the problems that our communities are facing, from abortion to the murder rate to the broken family to the disobedient children. Okay, all of these things point back to us pertaining to Christ, starting with the adults setting the example in the household and all the way down to the children following that same good example of our Lord and Savior. This is the book of St. John, chapter 10, verse 16. He says, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. See, the Lord always lets them know, listen, yeah, I'm starting first in Jerusalem amongst the, the so-called circumcision, the ones that are supposed to know better, the ones that know that they're Israel, okay? This is the prophecy coming true. I'm the one that's coming to bring the nation back together underneath. But a lot of our people that were there, they didn't want that to happen. Why? Because they wanted to hang on to the society that was in power at that time. They wanted to hang on to the wickedness that they were doing. They didn't want to repent from Jesus Christ. And we see that same thing today. Our people don't want to be gathered under Christ. They want to be gathered under everything else except that. You want to be gathered under, oh, we've been bored. Didn't didn't y'all do a show on that? The did one in um, Are You Smarter Than Your Pastor? And the tandem show was uh, on um, From Darkness to Light, going into the whole thing of Morris Times. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's like we, our people want to, gather together under everything except where we're supposed to be. And that's what's going to keep us in the conditions that we're in. But going right back to the point, in that same chapter of St. John, the Lord said in 1027, he says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Because even though the children of Israel are scattered to the four corners of the earth, when the Lord's speaking, when that shepherd is speaking, his sheep are going to hear that voice. 
And guess what? A lot of them, they, they all ain't going to be just one color. But the Lord said that they're his sheep of the nation of Israel. That's for, that's, that's for darn sure. So I just wanted to make sure we put that out there. And this thing is about repentance. It ain't about the so-called nationality. People need to, they got it twisted. So you brother got any uh, closing comments before we wrap this thing up? All right. So I'll take the silence as you know. Okay. <laughs> no man, let me go first. So I just I just wanna say, um, you know, as far as slavery being a uh, blessing is not is is so far from a blessing. You know, the scriptures said it hands down, you know, it goes hand in hand with the history that our people have gone through. The Bible mm-hmm. describes it that it's a curse. But the thing that I want to bring out is when when are we going to get over this? When are we going to get over slavery? This is Psalms 120, uh, 126, and this is what it says. It says, when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. So when the Lord get us out of this thing, when we're walking on streets of gold, when we're walking through the pearly gates, with 12 gates and 12 precious stones for the 12 tribes of Israel, when we are amongst the 144,000, 12,000 from every tribe that's going to rule with Christ, and Christ is there, and the majesty and the glory of Christ, where it won't need no light, no day or day because he's there, then we're going to be like, you know what, that was like a bad dream of slavery in America, you know? That's when we're going to be like, okay, we can get over this. Because what we're going to have is going to be far greater than the things that we that we suffer. Verse 2, then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord have done great things for them. Because then the whole world is going to see what? These are the Lord's people. And the elect that follow Christ is going to be deserving of that because they're going to repent and they're going to follow Christ. Just like it said in Revelation, they're going to follow him wherever he goes. Whatever he say to do, that's what they're going to do. People say they follow Christ. They don't follow Christ. They don't follow Christ. You need to, you need to, you need to read the Bible like Obama said. People ain't reading their Bible. Uh-huh. He was right. People aren't reading their Bible because the Christ that's in the Bible is not the Christ that's people serving. So back to you, bro. The comment's on you. Okay, I just want to go into proving that the Bible says the same thing over and over, proving that it's true. I'm going to read in, um, about this whole thing about we should look at America as being a good thing, uh, it being a blessing. Slavery was a blessing because it caused us coming to America. We got all these freedoms and rights that we wouldn't have had while we were eating watermelon in the grass. Whatever this guy is claiming. All right. So basically I'm gonna read Thus saith the Lord because we can't deal with the wisdom of this world. We have to deal with the wisdom of the most high. It says here But with whom in um, Hebrews the third chapter, verse seventeen. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sin, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swore excuse me, and to or he that they should not enter into his rest, but them 
that believe not. And we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. I picked up in the middle of the story. Let me explain briefly. This is Paul recounting in the book of Hebrews about how the Israelites were in the wilderness and they were wicked as hell. He delivered them, and they went right to worshiping the golden cow. That caused them to wander around in the wilderness for four years. And he was grieved with them. And they didn't have, what, the right knowledge and that faith to deal with him uprightly so that they could enter into the rest. Now, mm-hmm. let's read the admonition from Paul telling us what we need to do. Hebrews 4, verse 1. Let us therefore fear, least a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. America is not the rest. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So the whole thing is this. The Most High knew what he created and knew what he wanted. He chose the people. He didn't make us like cows, rats, and chickens with no free will. We can reason things and do and make choices. We just chose to be rebellious, and he warned us, listen, if you be rebellious, you're going to go into captivity. It's not a blessing. It's a curse. And this is the thing. And it came from the same gospel that was preached to them. It's the same gospel that's going to heal us today. We just have to understand what the gospel is, who we are, what this gospel means, and how we have to be, and we'll be okay. We'll enter into that rest. But our people are destroyed because they lack the knowledge to deal with themselves in the wisdom and the understanding of the Lord. Back to you, bro. All right. Well, I can't really say any more than that, other than I'd like to thank you, brothers, for uh, checking in. And, um, you know, for other, for those that are listening, we have shows that air seven days a week. You know, you can check all our times on our website, on our Blog Talk Radio uh, site and all of that. And also there's a live bind that's up with links for more information. So we want to give all thanks and praises to the Heavenly Father in Christ for the ability to preach his holy word and Lord will y'all tune in check us out next Friday and every other day of the week so with that I'll say shalom If you've enjoyed today's program, join us next week for another installment of Repentance is the Key, airing every Friday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also visit us on our website, www.thebocc.com, and our YouTube page, www.youtube.com forward slash thebocc1. Once again, that address is www.thebocc.com and www. 
youtube.com forward slash the BOCC1. Acts chapter 17 verse 30. In the times of this ignorance, God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Let me help you. My landlord won't fix my washing machine. Go to AT&T. Huh? When you have AT&T Wireless and DirecTV, you can get unlimited data. Then you can enjoy your favorite DirecTV shows on your phone while you're at the laundromat. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet indeed. AT&T, mobilizing your world. Must have eligible TV service. If you're not eligible, AT&T will move you to a new plan and overage charges may apply. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may reduce speeds. TV content varies by device, location, and package. Monthly and other charges, usage, and other restrictions apply. See store for plan details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.